COVID-19 pandemic has brought significant churn to the labor force, including within fundraising. How can fundraisers make sure they're taking good care of themselves during these turbulent times? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jerry Pat Gabbert. Jerry Pat is the Vice Chancellor for External Relations at Indiana University's campus in Northwest Indiana, and she is a highly valued faculty member of the fundraising school. And one of the courses that she teaches for us is Effective Leadership, Successful Fundraising. And Jerry Pat, that course closes with an important message about self-care. And so if we could just kind of start there broadly before we get to the more particulars of the season we're currently in, why is it important for fundraisers to practice self-care as they're dealing with donors and working for their nonprofit organization? I think so many gift officers are have a lot of metrics and are required to do um, a great deal of footwork out and about. Um, many of us get on airplanes, travel across the country, even if you're local. And I think so often you can get kind of bogged down in that travel and really kind of focused on those metrics more so than we are about what's important to us and that self-care, that self-care of, of downtime and relaxing and thinking about um, other things um, beyond beyond what those metrics are laid out for us. You know, we can be so focused on the cause of our nonprofit organization, the people who benefit from our nonprofit. We're always focused on the donor, listening well and observing and wondering, you know, what the donor cares about. It can be very easy, can't it, for fundraisers to not think about themselves? Yes, absolutely. I think that that, that can be the case, especially when we think about Giving Tuesday year in towards the, the, the calendar year in. Many of us are on fiscal years that end in June. So we're, we, we're always working on those deadlines. Um, a very popular time to give for donors is at the end of the calendar year due to tax season. And where are we all typically at the end of the year? It's Christmas, we wanna spend time, our holiday traditions, and we wanna spend time with our family and friends. And um, sometimes our organizations are even closed. That happens in higher education. But we have those donors that want to make, make those visits. And so that requires us to take time away from our family and friends in order to um, think more critically about the mission and the, the donor's impact on that mission through gifts. And so we always have the joy of fundraising uh, that we experience as fundraisers and the joy of donating, the joy of giving that we are able to facilitate on behalf of our donors. But this can be difficult work. It can be stressful work. We can feel pressure, as you said, to, to meet those metrics and, and hit our goals. And now we have this dynamic going on in the labor market with all of this turnover and all of this churn. The month of August was called the Great Resignation, the, the highest number of job resignations since our federal government has measured this statistic until September, when the number was even higher and even greater resignation. What is your reaction as you've been seeing those new stories and especially then how you apply that to the Professional fundraising? Well, my reaction is I think for in the development of advancement world, be flexible. We, we're seeing a lot of movement within our sector, um, individuals going to other, other organizations, and some of it has nothing to do with the mission, has nothing to do with the people, the great people that they work with. It's more about them wanting flexibility and hybrid work, um, work setups. And so really thinking about, you know, how can you be flexible and how can we as leaders within our organization think about 
the care that we can give to our colleagues and, and ourselves. We need to practice that. We need to be examples of that, but we also need to lend that to those that are within our organizations. But that flexibility I think is becoming, is really bubbled to the top in terms of priorities for people through, that co through us all being at home during COVID. What does that look like for you as you've been leading your team, you know, during the pandemic and as what we're hoping with cautious optimism could be a final season of the pandemic, as you've tried to stay aware of the needs of your team members and provide them with that flexibility, what practices have you been using as a leader to help your team in that regard? Well, really stopping and listening, I think is number one, listen to, to what's important to them, listen to what they need um, as part of their professional and personal life. What does that look like? The old work-life balance, is it such a thing? Um, what does that look like for them? So really stopping and listening to what they need and, and what they're saying that they need um, in, in order to to feel good about the work that they're doing and, and wanna be a part of, of the team. The other piece for me, I'm a working parent, a very proud working parent. And so I need that flexibility too. So I try to lend that uh, to my team. I think pretty much every single one of us um, are working parents or we have others uh, that we are taking care of. And um, I think that that's so important is to just lead by example in that way. If, if there's time that they need to, to run home to a doctor's appointment or take a child or take a parent, you know, giving them the space to do that, um, I think can be really critical. I find that uh, when you stop to do that, people are more passionate about the work that they're doing. They're more passionate about finishing the work that they're doing and they'll, they'll make sure that it's done. You just need to trust that they, they'll make sure that it's done. And that doesn't always mean between eight and five. Sometimes they're up at seven and sometimes they're on late at night. And for many of the jobs here, that's perfectly fine that they're working during those times. So give them the flexibility to go do what they need to do and what they're passionate and they care about. And we get the job done. So it's not been a problem. That is so well said. And the approach that I like to say is not work-life balance, but life work balance. I was that's alive right. before I worked. And that's so right. that's tried to try to phrase the, the uh, concept in that regard. And you mentioned parents who are raising their children. I'm also glad that you mentioned there are some of us in a generation where we're caring for our parents right. who have been at the greatest risk in many cases for, mm -hmm. during this COVID-19 pandemic. And for us as leaders to be aware of that uh, with our various team members. And, you know, Jerry, Pat, you mentioned the importance of flexibility. I saw a very interesting article in the business press that said flexibility is the new signing bonus. That uh, in addition to salary and even more than a financial bonus uh, to sign with an organization, people are looking for that flexibility. And I love how you said, is this really a nine to five job? Does it really have to be an eight to six job? Can we just you know, put a goal out there and give our people flexibility to just go meet that goal and, and stay on time, of course, uh, and there's a level of trust there. But it's really changing kind of this, um, you know, shift of attention span that leaders are giving to how they structure the workday with their team members. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on a higher education. I'm on a, a higher education campus. And so we have students that are on campus taking classes. And absolutely, I want to engage with those students um, while they're here on campus. But I also want to be a part of a family. Right. And so how do you do both? How do you navigate both um, so that people feel meaning, feel like they're a part of both 
And I think that there are opportunities and ways to do that through our organizations. And so, again, I have some employees that really enjoy and would love hybrid work experiences and have others that enjoy being here within the office staff five days a week. But again, you know, it's that how can I meet them where they are? And how can we continue to do the work that we need to get done here at IU Northwest and fulfill the mission and making sure that our donors feel that um, we're still moving forward the mission and that they're a part of that. And so that's what we think about and what we're focused on every day. I think self-care um, for all of us um, is really critical, you know, kind of stopping and pausing and thinking about what's important. The work will continue. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, you also mentioned, you know, the flexibility throughout the day. A great tip that I learned and applied for myself is email. People think I have to be on email and people are expecting a response right away. Something that really helped me, including during the pandemic when we're online so much more often, is really to check email maybe three times a day, maybe the start of the day, maybe before or after the lunch portion of the day, and maybe mid to late afternoon. Now, I might scan and see if there's something urgent from a donor or from the dean who I report to, but by and large not being on email all day. And that can help us, you know, kind of stay sane and avoid on-screen fatigue uh, that's been happening during the pandemic. Now, in the course, Effective Leadership Successful Fundraising, one of our last slides has 16 types of self-care. Uh, so I'm going to share one of mine. I'm curious if you'd share one of yours to kind of give uh, our viewers and our listeners a sense here. For me, it's not sleep, it's sleep discipline right? Meaning kind of going to bed around the same time every day, getting about the same number of hours of sleep. That to me is kind of like the energy source. If I can do that, then I tend to eat better. I tend to have a little more energy to go for my evening walk. I tend to be able to have more energy for my hobbies and dating my wife and things of that nature. So for me, it all starts not with sleep, but sleep discipline. How about for you? Is there a go-to for you in the self-care department? Yes, my go-to is definitely kind of exercise and around just finding that time for myself, being a working parent that can some and having kids at home, that can be really difficult at times because, you know, the minute I hit that door, I've got a barking dog and two kids that want to be fed. So, you know, really finding that 30 minute window, whether that's early in the morning or in the evenings for me to hop on the treadmill or go for a walk around the block, that Pete, that really just gives me kind of, it grounds me, as I like to say, it really grounds me and kind of centers me and kind of brings me back, gives me that deep breath. And then I'm ready to kind of move forward, whether that's with the full day or with my evening plan. So that exercise piece is really key for me. And really points to the intentionality that we need for self-care, which we discuss in the course, Effective Leadership Successful Fundraising, one of four courses that leads to our Certificate in Fundraising Leadership, one of four certificates that we offer through our public courses at the Fundraising School. Those public courses are available online, either recorded or live. Uh, we also are expanding where we are offering our courses in person across the United States. Now, we can also customize courses just for you either bringing those public courses in total or knitting together a course that meets your specific needs for your nonprofit, your association, your region in the United States and around the world. We have our quarterly webinars. We also have these weekly podcasts that are free of charge that are also archived on our website, which you can find at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. 
Our guest this week is Jerry Pat Gabbard. She's the Vice Chancellor for External Relations at Indiana University Northwest and a cherished member of our faculty at the Fundraising School. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm-hmm.